Welcome once again to Ask, where I answer questions that you ask, right? This week, are animals in heaven, or are pets in heaven specifically? And also, what about the wrath of God? How do we explain that to people? Great questions, stay tuned for Ask. Hey, welcome back, I'm Pastor Jamie. We're here at Cornerstone Church. Uh, this is where we answer questions. If you've never seen this before and just coming across it, uh, you can email them in or ask them in person or text them, but you're better off going through our website. That's That'll get uh, answered for sure. You go to our website, cornerstonebv.org. There's a media page, drop down, ask, leave your question. No need for a name in case you're like, I don't really want anyone to know I asked this question. That's fine. Uh, but keep in mind, if you have a question about Bible or faith or life or whatever, um, somebody else probably has the same question, right? So please bring in your questions. We definitely want them. All right. So the first one we've answered before um, quite a few times, but that's okay. We don't really have a great search feature on Ask, so uh, to be able to just search topics. So uh, I have no problem because it's one that we do get asked a lot uh, because it's near to, near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and that's about pets. Uh, are there animals in heaven? Will we see our deceased pets one day in heaven? You know, we see, we all, including myself, we treat pets like a member of our family, and they really are. Um, you know, most of the time, sometimes you get a pet you can't stand, but you know, dogs, cats, whatever, other kinds of pets, and, and we, we, we do, we, we, they be, they're around our family, they're around our home every day, you know, so we, we see them and all that. But keep in mind, pets don't have souls. Um, they're, they're not made in the image of God like people are. Um, and so, you know, when we look at heaven, especially the new heaven, when God creates it, it's going to really take on a lot of characteristics of our current earth, right? Except it's going to have perfection. Think Adam and Eve, right? In the garden before sin. Were there animals there? Of course there were. In fact, they named the animals. What was the difference? Animals lived in harmony. There wasn't hunting. They didn't kill each other or eat each other or anything like that, right? And so we're, we're told the lion will lie down with the lamb, right? So so that's that's how it, it, it will be. It will be this perfect where you'll be able to go up and, and be with any kind of animal. That's going to be pretty awesome, right? Um, now, Will there be your specific pet? I would say probably not. Um, I would say that, that heaven, there's gonna be no tears. We're not gonna miss the people who aren't there. Um, I don't know how that is, uh, but God will make it so. I, I think we'll have some kind of perspective to understand it fully and, and not have this tearful wish that someone wasn't there. So you could probably just say the same for your beloved pets. Now, is it possible I'm wrong that God kind of takes in his new creation, animals that very much resemble the pets that you love? I mean, he's God, he can do that, and there's nowhere that it says he doesn't. So you can hold out hope for that, uh, but that's my best attempt to answer that one. Most likely not, but it's gonna be okay because you're gonna be able to have a pet lion, so that's really cool. I always wanted to pet rhinoceros, so we'll, maybe we'll do that. I don't think rhinoceros will let me be their pet, but we can at least hang out together and he won't hurt me. All right, uh, second question. Why is our God a wrathful God? He's described as a consuming fire in Hebrews 12, 29. Is it because of our sin? Okay, so Hebrews 12 as a consuming fire, again, context is everything. The context of that is that talking about worship, bringing rightful, heartfelt worship to God because he is worthy and deserving of it, uh, of who he is, an all-consuming fire. Now, part of the fact that that's God's character means that there is always going to be perfect and just wrath. Now, wrath, we often think of as sinful, just like anger. 
because it, for us, it usually is. It's an outburst of anger that's usually either inappropriately directed at someone or inappropriate reaction to someone. Um, and, and But God's wrath is not that way, just like God's anger is not that way. Think of Jesus in the temple when he started chucking tables everywhere. If I did that, it'd probably be sinful just because my heart would be sinful. We know that Jesus didn't sin. So everything was perfectly perfect and just and how he did it and why he did it and when he did it. Um, that's how you can look at God's wrath. Now, when someone asks about God's wrath, I don't like God's wrath. If he's so loving, why does he judge blah, blah, blah? Um, here's how I approach it. Um, wrath is loving. And if you don't believe me, I, I would fill in a name in your life who you love dearly, a child, a grandchild, a wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or, you know, best friend, somebody who you just love intensely. Imagine they were raped and killed and you found out God was like, eh, I don't care. I'll just let them go. Would that be loving? Of course not. His perfect just wrath on that person for doing that is loving. It's right and it's just, okay? Now, we like God's wrath on others for things we don't like. So we rank them. We don't like rape, we don't like murder, we don't like this or that. And we all have different rankings for different lists, right? And there's some common ones in there um, that we ascribe to God should judge. And, and we often want forgiveness for ourselves but not someone else, right? So think about it. God's wrath is just. And so all sin is a front to his holiness, whether it's lying or stealing or lust or whatever. You name all these sins that you and I have committed, and therefore we all deserve wrath on sin and because of sin. And so you might ask, well, how come Christians get to just go to heaven? They don't have to experience God's wrath? That doesn't seem fair. No, they did. Well, someone did, right, on their behalf. The wrath for those sins, for those who are in Christ, were put on Jesus on the cross at Calvary. And God doesn't punish sin twice. That would be unjust. His wrath is just. And so when you sin, you will either pay for it for eternity, God's just perfect wrath, because you've affronted his character, or Jesus took it. And if you put your faith in Christ, you are set free from that sin and death, and the wrath of God has already been poured out, and Jesus took every drop. Right? So that's what wrath is. Okay. Um, lastly, a personal question, uh, which I kind of appreciated. I don't know if I left it for last because if you don't care, you can click off. Uh, pastor Jamie, what is your average week like as pastor of Cornerstone Church? Um, that's a, a tough one to answer. I definitely don't just sit back and wait till Saturday night and write a sermon, if that's what you're thinking, and I doubt it. Um, you know, to give you kind of an idea, I guess, uh, just in general, my days off are Mondays. I try to respect, respect that, except for emergencies or real special cases. Um, other than that, I'm working most of the other days. Uh, fr you know, Fridays, I try to work from home sometimes, kind of depends, because that's real, kind of, I need quiet space to write my sermons on, on Fridays. And um, Saturdays I'm off, often from home as well. Sometimes I'll work a half day. We have a service, on uh, a gathering on Saturday night, so I can't really take that full day off. Certainly not Sunday either. Um, and so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm usually in the, in the church or outside meetings. Um, one of the things you might not know, uh, sometimes, you know, you think about a pastor, even those going into the ministry, you think about, you know, counseling people in the Word, preaching sermons, church services, things like that. That's why you get into the ministry. But you start to realize the church is an organization in which the, the lead pastor is sort of a CEO or president, right? I mean, it's not what I'm called, but that's the function of it. We have six staff people 
uh, under me, if you include our custodian, that we have to meet staff meetings once a week, meet with all of our different staff people, what they need, support. Then we even have other staff like building and grounds or our missions team or other things as well that might need help. Um, so it, I try to limit to no more than two evening meetings a week. Sometimes that's hard, sometimes I do none, right? So I meet with our elders uh, as leaders of our church every other week and we, um, we cast a vision and, and uh, deal with some of the issues going on in the church. Uh, and then I try to uh, also spend a certain amount of time each week um, counseling people, uh, different issues they have. Sometimes that's done remotely or the message or email, sometimes done in person or over the phone. Uh, and I also, of course, have to leave time to prepare, study, and pray, uh, not just in general for the church, but also for um, sermons on the weekends that I usually am in charge of doing. So uh, after about uh, you know after that, nothing, right? So uh, you factor in other things as well. There's no real regular week. This past week, I had uh, a funeral to do. You know, sometimes I have funerals, weddings, those kinds of things you kind of factor in as well. So um, it's uh, definitely an in interesting job, that's for sure. Thanks for asking, um, and uh, hopefully that helps. All right, next time we'll answer more questions. One of them could be yours. So uh, hopefully we'll also see this weekend, either Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 11. It's been great having you. We'll see you next time on Ask.